Yahoy, Buck Bros. Welcome back. I know we've been away for a while, but we are glad to be back here on the podcast with you guys, especially after this past week against the Saints. But before we get into that, let me reintroduce my fellow Buck Bros, Zach, Bryce, and John. Glad to have you guys back. It's been a while. How was your Thanksgiving? How's everything going? Hey, Brocasters. Good to be back. Yeah, Thanksgiving was great. Uh, I know we didn't pull it out against the Browns. It's been a couple of weeks, so we've got a couple of games to cover here. But what a win on Monday night. I mean, just a terrible game for the most part. But the, that last five minutes was a treat. If you stayed tuned or stayed in the stadium, you, you saw another one of those epic Tom Brady comebacks. So, you know, glad to be on a high coming into this episode. Yeah, man, uh, a good good couple of games since the bye week, uh, you know, with the exception of the Browns loss and then, winning on Monday night to sweep the Saints, you know, that's always a good feeling. But, you know, I, I have a little bit of hope, a glimmer of hope for going forward. Yeah, I'm uh, thankful to no longer be uh, under 500. That's really nice. Uh, first sweep of the Saints since 07. That's really nice. Um, yeah, it's nice. We won. That's good. Yeah, kind of a lot of bad and a lot of good coming at, at us. Uh like we mentioned, we've been away for a couple of weeks, so we did have both bad and good, one loss, one win. Uh, I want to focus, you know, we, we had the 23-17 loss on the Browns in overtime. Couldn't get it done there, but we did get it done against the Saints. Let's focus on that. How are we feeling now? It's We're 6-6. Six and six. We gave ourselves a little bit of cushion in the NFC South title race. Um but from what I've seen, it's still not the best team. We still have to wait till five minutes at the end of the at the end of the game to uh, put something together offensively. What does this team need now in the, the five game stretch we've got going on? That's it's going to help us out. Yeah, again, it's really what we've been talking about all season again with this team, right? We started off the game driving down the field, looked really well. We get to the red zone, and what happens? We can't convert, have to kick a field goal. Then, again, we can't sustain drives for the rest of the, uh, for the, rest of the game up until that last five minutes. Um, the defense had some cover, blown coverages, some, you know, mental mistakes, but overall the defense has kept us in the game for the most part this season. Um, but, yes, it's just kind of the same old story with this team, but, once again, Tom Brady, when you have Tom Brady on your team, you can't ever give up, right? Like, he just finds a way to win. And then when he puts that pressure on, the other team or the other quarterback typically folds. That's just how it's been throughout his career. Um, and I think we saw that against the Saints. There was a few, you know, so many mistakes that the Saints made in those last five minutes that could have sealed our fate as well. Mark Ingram doesn't run out of bounds there on that, you know, that five-yard pass. They probably convert that first down, and that's the end of the game. Um, if Taysom Hill holds on the ball on third and 17, game over. Uh, you know, just a lot of mental errors on the part of the Saints as well there. That, but we took advantage of it, and, you know, we pulled out the win. And a, a big win at that. Being 6-6, six and six, leading the division now by two games with five to play, and I believe Atlanta only has four left to play. Or maybe they – yeah, I think that – no. They have five or four. Yeah, four, right? 
Saints and Atlanta only have four games left they, to play. They both have their bye week. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. So essentially, you know, all we have to do is go three and two and we secure the division with two of those wins being against Carolina and Atlanta. Uh, we've got a tough schedule coming up. I know we're probably going to talk about the 49er game here coming up soon, but what a difference five minutes made in the entire 2022 season for this team. I mean, go, you know, we were staring at five and seven, two game losing streak, probably going into a loss against the 49ers. Um, things were not looking good again after we got a bit of a momentum, we lost all that momentum and here we have it back, right? Like, you know, Let's capitalize this time. I really want to see us capitalize on such late game heroics and turn this into something, kind of make this momentum keep going into what it will hopefully be a playoff um, drive going forward. And I read earlier that it's actually, we have two divisional games left. We really only need to win those two to secure the NFC South title. Um, So it should be just two out of the next five, but those two specifically. I prefer we win five, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> let's nothing just, let's nothing just makes me division. feel like the yeah. I was gonna say nothing makes me feel like the old Bucks than praying like God. I hope we can win two out of the next five games and we can back into the playoffs. That feel that, that I think what were we two and seven when we were like God? We're, we've almost made it to the playoffs. I I don't I don't care for that, but I, I understand it, uh, especially with how up and down the season has been. For me, I. I think the team is there. There's just something not clicking 100%. With the exception of two games, which was the, the Kansas City game and the, and the Panthers game, we haven't been beaten by more than one score. Most games have been within the, within the factor of a touchdown. In most games, we should have won. Uh, you know, Donovan Smith had a penalty called back in a game that we had a touchdown called back, excuse me, in a game that we lost by five points. So I, I think there is is something that just needs to click and then you see it at the end of these games with Brady he goes on these drives where we look unstoppable and we've done it a couple of times this season we did in the Rams game we did it in this game where at the end of the game in in the hurry up he can march down the field you see guys who haven't you haven't seen all game like Scotty Miller will show up in the fourth quarter only get four catches Kate Otten will show up and get a couple and we look unstoppable but at the beginning of the game, we, we never start that way. We never start fast. We never go out there and attempt to do anything quickly. I, and I just, I, I don't like that. When, you know, we ran the play action twice against the Browns, twice, all game. And I just think that that's indicative of, of bad play calling because when we run it, when we play a little bit of a hurry up, when we go to the play action, we look unstoppable. And then we did something good in this game that I haven't seen in a while, which is we used both running backs to our advantage we used Lenny and Rashad White and they both looked very good uh they were both catching passes out of the backfield you know there's a a great video of Brady uh swapping Rashad White out on that touchdown to end the game he goes over to Byron Leftwich and says you know give me number 29 they switched Lenny out for Rashad White and so I think you're starting to see a little bit of the that build together you got to see Julio Jones be dangerous for one of the first times. He's got some of the best hands in football. And if he can stay healthy, we'll look good. I think this this team is on the cusp of being very good again. There's just we we just gotta tighten a few things up. Yeah, I did love John to your point, the running backs 
combined, they had like 31 touches for 150 yards across like catches and, and rushes, which is great involvement. Uh, I, I think that adds a lot to your offense complexity wise, but on the, so like this game obviously felt a lot like the Rams game, just like 55 minutes of dog shit. And then at the very end, something good happens. And I, th- I think like the way I see it, teams, you know, the defense is good enough to keep games close, which is huge. And that's really the only reason why we're six and six is that the defense is fifth in the league in scoring and, you know, top 10 and, and, you know, passing, like they do a good job of keeping the games close, which is huge. Uh, especially considering how short some of our drives are and turnovers, it's really, they're carrying us low key, but what's happening, I think, at least in the Rams game in this game, is games are close teams have a lead. And then the last few minutes, they sit back in a shell. They don't blitz. Not that they have to blitz to get pressure anyhow, but they're not really pinning the ears back. They're just playing like prevent and Brady in a prevent clocks running. He's maybe he's calling some of his own plays. I think that's, what's helping is the other team's not getting after it and they're playing soft and he's picking them apart and then draws them in, takes a shot downfield, gets a PI. I think the problem is that for the first 55 minutes, the defense that we're facing is really playing us and they're, they're trying to get at Brady, which is very easy to do. I watched that game and I think Brady is scared. He doesn't want to get hit. He knows that his clock is not three seconds. It's probably two and the ball has to get out. He's effectively punting on some throws, skipping them or overthrowing them. I think he's just, he doesn't want to get hit. He can't trust that O-line. I don't blame him. Even when they block for him, it's because Donovan Smith has his arms around a guy. The O-line is so hard to watch. And I, I know he's missing throws, but I really think he's just got, his clock is just really short in his head and he's rushing things. I think if he can trust the team, the O-line, then he can make the throws. And in the last few minutes of these games, the defense is sitting back. And he's, he's able to pick them apart. So I, my worry is that that's not a sustainable way to win games. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see, but that's, that's what I've seen in the last, you know, the Seahawks game looks like an aberration, unfortunately, because that game looked a little more complete, but I'm just concerned. The O-line is so bad. And like this week, we'll get into it, but like, there's not a team in the world worse to face when your O-line's real bad than this team. Like, this is really scary. Like, I feel really bad for Brady's. It's like his hometown team, and I feel like they're gonna, they have the potential to tee off on him. But it's still, a win is good. It's really good to b- bounce back. You don't want to win multiple games or lose multiple games in a row in a tight division. So, I mean, you know, it, there were definitely positives. I just worry that it's not sustainable. Yeah, you know, to your point, you don't really want to face Nick Bosa in that defensive line when you're missing your all-pro right tackle, your Pro Bowl center. Um, yeah, not not the greatest of circumstances for Brady. I agree with you 100% too, Zach. I, I think Brady must know in his head he's got like three seconds or less to get that ball out. So he looks for his first read. If it's not there, it's to the check down. And that's really our offense when we're passing the ball. We can't run it, so he has no choice. Like He has no choice but to pass. He's, I think he threw 55 attempts in this game. He's obviously leading the league in pass attempts just because we can't sustain the run. It did seem, though, there at the end, you know, we were getting some some momentum with running the ball when we're kind of using both Fournette and Rashad White. I'd like to see that going forward, you know, instead of just using one bell cow, maybe both of them will be effective. Maybe angry Lenny will come out 
be pissed that you lost your starting job, you know, run over somebody. It, he's just, it's unfortunate because it doesn't have the burst right now. Like, you know, those sweeps that they do to outside the tackle, he can't get to the, he can't get around the corner in time and he gets tackled in the backfield. And then the other thing that pissed me off is 240 pounds, at least run over a cornerback. Don't get tackled by a shoulder tackle. Uh, so, but yeah, um, the offense obviously is, it is what it is. Like we're four, 13 games into this season. I don't think we're going to see a, an eruption of 30 points or more. But the nice thing is, is we do have a, a defense that will keep you in the game. And as long as we can, and we don't turn the ball over a lot, right? So we play good defense. We don't turn the ball over. They're going to be close games. We just got to be in the, in, you know, there at the five minutes and let Brady do his thing um, when it comes time. Only four picks for Brady this year, right? So, I mean, that's, that's a big improvement. I think he threw his fourth on Monday night. But every time I see Lenny now, who is it who said he's one Popeye's biscuit away from 300 or whatever? <laughs> that's that's every time I see Lenny, that's what I think. Like, he's a, he's a binge weekend of drinking and eating away from rolling up at, like, 300 pounds. He's a big body right now. He has no explosion. Maybe he needs to be, and then he can help block better. Maybe he's getting, yeah. he's getting to that point of that Eddie Lacy photo they showed him. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's so bad. But I mean, the worst thing I you mentioned it like is it or is it Ingram not getting that first down? Like I know his like legs were like falling off. Like he's they after the game, I think they put him on IR for the year. But like that. You want to talk about you can go win a game by getting an extra three feet. Jesus Christ, that's such a bad look. I think he got on Twitter and was, like, complaining about people bitching at him, but I'd be furious if my player did that. See, that's how I feel. Like, this is what irks me about our team right now is, like, we got to play contagion ball, right? You know, like, they got to make more mistakes than we do, and we just got to be used to the mistakes and come out at the end uh, – to overtake it you know i like to see i think it's what john was pointing to is fewer mistakes man like fewer holding penalties that get touchdowns called back those are just the discipline disciplinary things that um says a lot about the coaching of the team man that's it, it's tough to see it it's tough to We're watch. have a whole episode on the coaching of this team this year like i i really want to make that i don't know what will happen maybe we'll come back and who knows? Tom Brady wins his eight Super Bowl or something like that, and we'll, we won't have this discussion. But right now, man, I so many things that irk me about our coaching staff. Yeah, one good thing that I did see was Josh Wells played very well in replacement for Tristan Wirfs. And one of the things that I'd like to see if Wells, you know, if Wirfs does make it back this week uh, or next week, is maybe we slide Wells over and sit Donovan Smith. You know, Donovan Smith is a guy who's on the last year of his contract. We don't owe him any money. There's really, we, we know what we're getting in him. Maybe it's time to move him out of the way and get him replaced with someone who can who can handle that position a little bit better. Because, uh, I mean, otherwise the offensive line didn't look that bad. All the pressure, all the pressure came through Donovan Smith. I don't know. There's that inside of the line also gave up a lot of pressure. And, like, that's what, like, because Brady, I feel like his go-to move in the pocket is he can climb pocket. He can drive, like, he can step around in the pocket. But when it's, like, right in his face, he's just full bail mode. Like, he looks so 
he tries to, like even on the touchdown pass right like at the end he kind of had to like elevate kind of like throw the ball out it just looks terrible but i think the inside of the line did not i was not very impressed i i thought the whole line i mean wells i guess i don't know i mean they all look great because they've got fucking 76 next to them so that helps but i thought inside they were getting pressure I mean, that feeds to why we can't run the ball either because they know we have to run to the edge and Lenny can't find the edge to save his life. So I don't know. I, I think losing Allie retiring is obviously like impossible to deal with. And then losing Jensen is also, I feel bad because they've lost like the three best players on that line right now are not there. One's never coming back. So. Yeah. I don't know about Wells moving over to left tackle, John, but I will say if Donovan Smith's, contract is up after the end of the season it might be time to look for a new left tackle and or maybe might be worse over to the left tackle well um, here's the thing donovan you don't want to move wells over there donovan smith is the most penalized player in the nfl oh he's no doubt most, he, he's he, he since is by far the worst offensive lineman on our offensive line right now i believe pff has graded everybody but donovan smith in the top 20 of their position obviously worse is in you know elite he's, player. PFF hasn't rated last. Yeah, he's, he's the worst he's left awful. tackle he's in just, the league. He's just awful this year. I, I don't disagree with you. But he was awful before. See, all these guys you're talking about, you know, uh, Marpet, Kappa, Jensen, these guys worse. When when you have stars, Donovan Smith looks a lot better. And they were like, oh, he had one good season, the Super Bowl run. He didn't have a good season. Everybody else played out of their minds, and he got bailed out. He was trashed before. You can go back to Buck Bros episodes going back to 18, 19, 17. I, we've been telling you, Donovan Smith is the worst player on the team. I don't care who you bring up. He, he's, he's terrible, and we need to do something because, we, like Zach said, this isn't sustainable, and he's the main reason why. Because he's going to get Brady hurt. He's going to screw up the entire left side of that offense until we get rid of him and you know wells wells could be bad but i bet you he's better than being the worst left tackle in the league yeah well sometimes the devil you know is better than the one you don't um uh but sometimes we know every other devil is better (laughs) he's the worst devil in the league I I, i totally like i totally agree with john like there's not there's no one like Ryan, you could go out there and give him a run for his money for last place in the NFL. Like, he's so bad. The money we spent on, like, Russell Gage really looks like something we should have put into, like, an offensive lineman or something. Yeah, I can go out there and away a bunch of people. Like, here you go. I can hold a guy. (laughs) Like, I I can give a guy a clothesline and, you know, probably throw me around or whatever. I'll dive at a guy's knees and that'll be that, you know? (laughs) Personal foul, chop block. Yeah, I'm good. I'm done. Sorry, I didn't mean to dunk on you, Ryan. But I'm definitely getting a Donovan Smith jersey for Christmas. Perfect. Don was, hey, man, Don I don't like Donovan Smith. I know you don't. <laughs> I know. I'm just, just kidding. Get John a Gerald McCoy retro jersey as well. I don't like Donovan Smith, but damn it, he's been here the whole team, and I didn't like Josh Wells at all. So <laughs> I thought that Donovan right Smith side sucked too. Donovan Smith also reminds you of Ali Marpet because they were drafted together. So maybe we keep him around because he brings back good memories. <laughs> well, I think we can all agree they have the toughest test going into next week. <laughs> friend. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. 
No, I'm just laughing, thinking about like how hard it's going to be to watch. It was a great transition. I'm just like nervous laughing about that team. That defense is so good. They are definitely the number one defense in the league. Yeah. We, I mean, we can't do anything against the Saints defense. Um, we got an even tougher test and on the road in San Fran. So I don't have a whole lot of optimism for this one. But if we were to have optimism, what, what do we think uh, the Bucs can do to, to take one out, uh, out of well, San Fran? No, I mean, if, if Purdy starts, I mean, that's – I mean, Garoppolo's hurt, right? So, I mean, they're putting out a backup. So, that's good news. Hopefully, we can level playing field that way, get some turnovers. I mean, we're a top-10 pass defense. I think we're close to that in rush. I, I mean, no, maybe not. I don't know. But we limit teams to scoring, and he's – I know he looked good against Dolphins, relatively speaking, but we're better defense. So, I mean, the path to victory – to me, is make it an ugly game like this. Like, make it, keep it, everybody's under 20 points and hope that, you know, we can get some breaks our way. Um, you know, I think Brady will like playing there. Like, it's his hometown team. Hopefully that gives him a little extra juice. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not going to be easy at all, but I, I like the fact that they don't have Garoppolo and they're rocking Purdy. I think that's the only thing I look at and think, oh, okay, all right. I'm scared of Christian McCaffrey. Like that's the only problem with Purdy is you know he's not going to take shots, right? He's just going to dump it, and then we're like playing McCaffrey the whole game. That's worrisome. But hopefully we can at least force some errors out of Purdy. For me, the the big question mark going into this game is who we're going to fill this open roster spot with. We cut Jalen Darden, and we didn't promote anybody to the to the 53 man roster. So there's an open spot for someone coming into this game, and I, I'd like to know who it is. And I'm hoping that it's going to be somebody who can make an impact, uh, possibly, you know, like a Ryan Jensen or, or somebody to that effect who can actually breathe some life into the team. I don't think that that's actually the case, uh, but it would be nice. And I think maybe Brady goes out and balls. I know this is one of the teams he's hoping to get traded to after this season. And so maybe he goes out and he throws four touchdowns and wins me my last game in fantasy. He, I would really like to see more out of him, and and this is going to be a little bit of a homecoming for him, and maybe he goes out and shows out. That's my hope. Yeah, I was going to spend the segment talking about my optimism for this game, which is slim as well, Ryan. But for one particular listener out there, I just want to read off a few things, a few notes that I had about the San Francisco 49ers. <clears throat> Turdy Purdy is going to get sacked eight times in this game. Christian McCaffey is not going to do a goddamn thing against the Buccaneers defense. George Kettle Popcorn is softer than any other tight end I've ever seen. And Joey knows, uh, has a, I don't know what to say with that one. So, but yeah, uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, are a good team uh, to be serious but uh, yeah it's going to be a tough assignment the only way I really think we're going to win this game is if we do take advantage of the fact that Purdy is starting you know he's you know this is an interesting matchup you got the goat versus um, god I can't the goat <laughs> hold on you have the goat versus the um, mystery relevant that's who I was trying to yeah there you go and uh, but Purdy is you know the the Buccaneers defense is good too right we have had an issue of you know, creating turnovers this year. I don't know why, but this, if there's ever a game that we need turnovers, this is going to be the one. 
We need to take advantage, get to Purdy. I know part of it is the fact that we really don't have a great pass rush. Um, losing Shaquille Barrett hurt. Like, that That was our guy to get after the quarterback. We don't have that anymore. I mean, Nassib's okay. Um, Avery really is ineffective. They, uh, you know, he's he eats up space. Um, we really can only get after him if Devin White or Levante David are blitzing. But, you know, we need to put a lot of pressure on him. We need to blitz, and hopefully he'll throw a few mistakes or we get to him, create some turnovers, create some, you know, field advantage for us, and take it, you know, take advantage of that. That's really the only way I think we'll win. Otherwise, I think, you know, we're not going to move the ball very well, very much against the San Francisco defense. This will be a low-scoring game, in my opinion. Um, hopefully, again, we're there in the fourth quarter, and if we need a drive to win, uh, I'll take Tom Brady all day. Yeah, I was just about to say that's my key to the game is the turnovers. I mean, classic key to the game, right? But we have two in the last eight games that we've forced. One was at the end of the game, and one was a Hail Mary. So for whatever reason, this team is not forcing turnovers. And um, I think introducing that into the game, giving our offense shorter fields, um, <laughs> less time to fuck up and get holds from Donovan Smith or anything, is just going to uh, help us tremendously in putting points on the board and kind of separating ourselves uh, letting the defense breathe a little bit. Maybe that also helps the defense get after the quarterback and not play on their heels and try to prevent as many points as they can. So maybe the two work hand in hand, but yeah, turnovers. I feel like we've got to get at least two, um, you know, at least win, you know, definitely win the turnover margin to have any chance in this game. Another note I had is Trent Williams can't even wipe Donovan Smith's ass. He's so bad. Um, that's another note I had. What a great, what a great sentence into the way we've just been clowning Donovan Smith this whole episode. Uh, my only note that I have, legitimately, I'm not just making this up, is um, Brady is in danger. I had written that down earlier, and I pictured that clip from The Simpsons where he says, I'm in danger. So, oh, Ralph William for you. It's a great pick from the Simpsons roster, but who are we picking this week from our roster heading into San Fran? Uh, it's been so long, I forgot who starts us off. So if anybody wants to jump in. I'll go first. Yeah, I'll go first. Sure. Um, the, the number one defense in football. Uh, so let's see who do we want to pick. Um, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense and special teams. And I'm going to go with the easy pick. Rashad White, who I think is going to have a ball in game, two touchdowns, 120 yards. Big day for my boy Rashad White on the ground. All right. Well, he's coming back to his hometown, and he led us to our 14-point comeback, or I guess 13-point comeback technically, uh, over the Saints last uh, Monday. So let's go with Mr. Tom Brady. That'll be my pick. Those are all great picks, gentlemen. Um, you know, playing the 49ers, that's a team that's got a pretty good history of really good wide receivers. Pretty good. You know, you've got Terrell Owens, who played there, and probably the greatest of all time, Jerry Rice. But the greatest receiver of all time, bar none, is Mr. Mike. Evans 
and that will be my pick for this game. I think he breaks out of his slump. He catches two touchdowns, and then he goes right to midfield and plants that ball right on the San Francisco 49er logo. And instead of chanting Jerry, they'll chant Evans, I guess. <laughs> oh, we're going to go with Mikey or something like that. Mikey, Mikey, yeah. Mikey. There we go. Well, no doubt he's the greatest of all time. And Jerry Rice, move over, please, because Mike Evans is coming to town. Jerry Rice can't hold Mike Evans' jockstrap. There's another one for you. How many consecutive thousand-yard seasons to start his career does Jerry Rice have? Not as Steward many as Mike. Yeah, that's right. So clearly the number one receiver, all great picks, all heading into this quite pivotal matchup. You know, I was going through the numbers. I think, I think every playoff team we've played for the NFC side, we've beaten. I want to say that's true. Six we and beat Packers? the Cowboys, we beat the Seahawks. We are two and oh. against the NFC West. Oh, like projected playoff every, teams every this team year? Every team that's in a playoff race right now. Oh, oh, every team that's projected we, to go into the playoffs. The ones we've played, we've beaten. So this would be our chance at a number three take on who's currently in the playoff seed in the first in NFC West. So – Maybe the trend continues. We'll see. Well, I will say we are six and two against the NFC. Like we're pretty good against the conference, pretty good against our division. That's what's left, except the Bengals. So I would say we're probably three and two sounds right up our alley. <laughs> well, we definitely got the tough end of the schedule coming up. These next two games going to be the toughest remaining. Um, we've got the 49ers this week, Bengals next week, but we look to go into uh San Francisco, snab a win, uh, vault ourselves even further into the NFC South title picture and, and gear up for the playoffs. We're going to be there every step of the way going forward. We hope to see you guys not only for the next weeks, but into January as we come into postseason. You guys stay tuned and make sure you keep up with us. But as we like to sign off here, go Bucks, Go Bucks, Go Bucks. Shout out to Brandon I. Yuck. Uh, go Bucks plus three and a half. The answer to your question is Jerry Rice did not start his career with a thousand yard season. He got to 925. Oh, then he had 11 in a row where he broke a thousand, but he didn't get his first year. Pretty much a loser. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. He has a gold jacket with that crap ass fucking stat.